the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We will hold on the listener text because it looks like we have a, a special guest who is calling in on the line who I'm very pleased to welcome to the program. Congressman Ken Buck of the 4th Congressional District is joining us here fresh on the heels of the vote last night, 15th vote, flying back into D.C. from Colorado. Congressman Buck, welcome to the show. Good morning and Happy New Year. Good morning, Jimmy. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Um, so let me just ask you a big picture question, sir. What's your takeaway from this past week? Well, I, I think everybody knew it was going to be tough uh, with a very small majority, and it was tough. And and I think a lot of uh, Democrats and liberals are trying to uh, take advantage of the situation, say that, you know, the Republican Party's dysfunctional or, or we're in disarray. And, and the truth is, this is the way democracy is supposed to work. We have a constitutional republic. We have 435 people who are representing different districts. They come to D.C. with different uh, interests and, and priorities. And there's going to be argument. And when you fall in line behind Nancy Pelosi, you've got no room to talk about how the House should work. House should work in a way that uh, people are are fighting for what they believe is right. And in this case, we had uh, a lot of Republicans who uh, were were fighting and uh, passionate about uh, closing the border, about uh, making sure that we are not engaging in deficit spending, making sure that we examine the uh, response to COVID and other issues that are important to America. And so I think that uh, we are a much stronger party now than we were, and I think we are on the right track. So have I been too harsh to bring up this point this week? And hopefully we have gotten good that makes this week worth it, because there was the, there is a perception problem, I think, that needs to be addressed, and perhaps it can be addressed. But I have made the point that, you know, Nancy Pelosi wouldn't have let this speaker, her speakership go to the floor if she didn't have the votes. There was a little bit of a push in 2021 from the left flank to have this so-called force the vote thing. And she managed to squash that and then get right to work on the first vote and become speaker again. Um, is this different? Is the Republican Party operating in a way that is different and in a way that is very good and very healthy? I think the Republican Party uh, uh, is operating in a way that's different than how Nancy Pelosi ran the House. I think it will result in better uh, outcomes. I think that what we're going to see are uh, fights with the Democrat-controlled Senate over spending. And we aren't going to have a uh, an omnibus bill with a huge uh, price tag associated with it that will be passed Yes. On Christmas Eve, that's, that's just not something that uh, a, a large percentage of the Republicans in this House want. Congressman Ken Buck, kind enough to join us this morning. Just one or two questions about what happened this week, and then I want to get to looking ahead at the future. Can you give us an eye into 
What, if you want to use the word concessions, were made by McCarthy? What was worked out this week that wasn't worked out in advance of Tuesday? So there, there were a number of uh, parts of the rules, and the rules are complicated. We're, we'll pass the rules at, at Monday, uh, Monday evening um, when we get back in session. But uh, there, there's something called the motion to vacate, which is uh, with the ability of rank and file members to remove the speaker. Uh, for 200 years, it had been a, uh, a motion that could be brought by one single individual. Uh, for the last four years under Pelosi, it would need to be brought by more than half the House. And so she changed 200 years of precedent, and uh, it has now reverted back to one single speaker can bring uh, the motion to vacate. And that's that's an important step. And it shows, uh, while, while Kevin McCarthy was reluctant initially to adopt that, it shows confidence by Kevin that he is going to be a good speaker. He's going to be uh, the very best he can for a diverse group of Republicans. Uh, there were other uh, rules, uh, changes that were made, um, a 72-hour rule, so every bill will be uh, examined for 72 hours. Uh, one really important, or two rules that are really important, um, uh, one is a single-subject uh, rule that was passed by the, uh, or that is in the rules package as a result of what we went through the last few days. Um, uh, so often we get a bill that's uh, a defense bill and you get 50 different subjects that are tossed into that bill. And so uh, that combined with uh, a germane rule that says you can only, um, <clears throat> excuse me, only offer amendments that are germane to the single subject uh, are really critical. Um, and then there are some other issues. Uh, there will be three conservatives on the rules committee. Uh, nine Republicans serve on that committee, so there will be three conservatives on that committee, which is important. There will be uh, other uh, conservatives that will get positions on uh, some of the uh, other committees of jurisdiction, and, and all those things are important uh, uh, asks and uh, deliverables by, by Kevin McCarthy. Of course, Congressman Ken Buck, we had six present votes that made it possible for Speaker McCarthy to become Speaker McCarthy. And we had quite a whirlwind of a week. And last night there was some spectacle. Give us a little bit of a of your takeaway from where the party is right now, the conference in the House, as far as cohesion, the ability to work together to thwart the Democrat agenda and to move ahead with the critical role of oversight that has been sorely lacking for the last couple of years, because it really does seem like there is some stark division among the Republicans. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. It's accurate. And that's accurate. I don't care. If you go to a Arapahoe County Republican meeting, you're going to see contrast. You're going to see division. You're going to see people uh, that, that feel differently about certain issues. You can go to uh, any Republican breakfast. You can go to any. Uh, it's just how Republicans operate. The, the Democrats fall in line. The Democrats are sheep. And we're not. We argue and we come out with the best result. And the key here is that we get together and that we. Uh, you know, there's only uh, the, the possibility of four uh, people, uh, four Republicans uh, deciding they don't want to vote for a bill and the bill goes down. And so uh, the Democrats are never going to help us. They are going to stay unified and oppose every single thing we try to do. And we have to make sure that we are uh, funding the government 
at a lower level, but funding the government. We have to make sure that we are uh, giving our troops the equipment and training necessary to protect our country. We have to make sure that we secure the border and we stop the fentanyl coming across the border. There are a lot of priorities that, that uh, we need to work on, and I, I think that uh, we, we will be unified uh, to a certain extent, but we will always have strong disagreement. Joe Biden, president, is going to the southern border for the very first time in two years. I want to play a quick clip. This is on CNN. Interestingly enough, they're actually pressing Mayorkas, who you have really pressed in the House when he's come before committees, uh, on the question of why in the world did it take two years for Biden to finally go to the southern border? The border officials have been consistently telling Rosa Flores, our colleague, they feel abandoned. Um, by this administration, by the federal government. So why has it taken two years for President Biden to go to the southern border? Poppy, um, uh, we have been dedicating uh, our efforts to the situation at the border since day one. Uh, We are incredibly proud of our frontline personnel who are tirelessly and selflessly dedicated uh, to the mission. The the president knows the border very well. He is... um, had his Secretary of Homeland Security visit multiple times since the very uh, initiation of the administration. And he's going to um, to see the border not for the first time um, in his um, public service career right. uh, this Sunday. That. And I'm looking forward to joining yeah. him there. But as president, to see it firsthand, the net effect. Um, Secretary Mayorkas, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Congressman Ken Buck, I mean, first of all, it is amazing that we've gotten to this point where CNN will actually ask that question. It's so bad. But my goodness, just how how inept are these people that we have and feckless in D.C.? And what do you make of Biden's trip? Well, I think he has to go. Obviously, it was a big issue in the election in November. It's an issue that the American people feel strongly about. Uh, and it's a it's one of those issues that uh, really motivates uh, voters against Biden. Um, I assuming uh, from what I hear from my Democrat colleagues that Biden is going to run again. And if he's going to run again, he wants to try to tamp down this issue as much as possible. Uh, the the reality is that President Trump had it right. We had policies in place that would have uh, severely reduced the number of illegal immigrants coming across the border. Biden abandoned those policies, mostly because they were Trump policies. And uh, the border is out of control and and our uh, overdose deaths in this country are out of control. Um, And he has to take responsibility for it. And, And we will make sure in oversight that we hold him responsible. Now, I don't know if this is possible, but I have been hoping that McCarthy would get the speaker's gavel by last night, as he did, so he would be sworn in and could potentially accompany Biden to the southern border, not in one of those bipartisan dog and pony shows, but as a means of really putting the spotlight on the actual issues that are going on in the southern border. Would you like to see that? Do you have any idea if that's plausible or might be happening? I don't know if it's going to happen. I I do know that uh, Kevin last night in his remarks said that uh, we will be holding hearings on the southern border uh, to highlight the inadequacies of the Biden administration's uh, efforts there. And I, frankly, uh, very strongly agree with the last speaker um, on that clip that you played. Uh, I've been to the border. Uh, The people who are working there are incredible. 
Um, they are working uh, so hard, and they are really um, uh, with with policies that are intended to fail. And and that's where Mayorkas is really uh, uh, committing um, uh, malpractice and, and uh, malfeasance. Uh, he he needs to be gone, and we need to put policies in place that support the men and women uh, protecting our border. Two final questions for you, Congressman Ken Buck, and again, so appreciate your time this morning. Uh, on Mayorkas, in terms of he needs to be gone, is there anything Republicans can do in the House to help make that happen? Great question, Jimmy. Um, and one of the rules that the conservatives fought for is what's called the Holman Rule. And it allows, uh, and it, again, it was taken out by Pelosi. Uh, we put it back in. But uh, impeachment um, is defined very narrowly in the Constitution. And it's why I voted twice um, against the impeachment of President Trump. But we have a rule, uh, the Holman Rule, that will allow us to go into a budget and zero out a particular position in the budget. So the Republicans probably, my guess is, we will go into the Homeland Security budget and we will zero out the salary and position of the Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, Obviously, the Senate will object and we'll have to fight that out, but uh, if if there is no position, uh, Mayorkas is gone. Well, that would be nice to see. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, Congressman Ken Buck, what can we expect from the Republican-controlled House of Representatives in the coming weeks now overall with the speaker vote behind us, with the rules package that will be voted on come Monday? What are your expectations? What is the agenda? Well, I can tell you one thing. Um, I think that everybody is looking for a, a couple of weeks of low drama and uh, not having the kind of uh, issues that we faced uh, in the speaker's battle. So uh, what are we going to be looking for? I think it's just a lot of uh, house uh, cleaning um, uh, and constructing uh, issues that are going to come up. We'll pass rules. We will uh, uh, populate committees. We will uh, have the initial meetings of the committees so that they can adopt the committee rules. Uh, there's a lot that goes into the first few weeks of Congress that's very boring. Uh, but I think uh, sometime in early February, you can expect to see uh, the kind of bills and oversight that will define uh, what it means to change the majority in the United States House. I can tell you our listeners are very eager for that oversight. And finally, uh, Congressman Buck, I would be remiss. I have listeners texting in since you did have to go to back to Colorado and then back to D.C. for a non-emergency medical procedure. Folks are asking how you're doing. Well, I appreciate that very much, and I appreciate all the prayers and, and thoughts that I've received uh, through the office. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, it was just one of those things where I uh, wanted to get back and, and see my doctor and, and not just uh, any doctor here in D.C. And so I, uh, I appreciate everyone's patience and I appreciate the fact that I uh, was able to continue to, to uh, represent the fourth and, and uh, be involved in, in this whole process. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to say kudos to you for making it back to D.C. in time. And I'm glad that it wasn't for not in terms of the weekend where you got it done last night. So you didn't have to wait for the House to come back on Monday. You've been generous with your time, especially unexpectedly. Congressman Ken Buck of the 4th Congressional District, my friend, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us and for what you're doing in D.C. this year. Thank you, Jimmy. And, And Jimmy, one last thought. God bless America. 
Amen. I say that at the end of every show, and I appreciate it now more than ever. Congressman Ken Buck, thank you so much, my friend. Best of luck to you in the coming days, weeks, and months. Once again, Ken Buck joining us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Let's take a break. We'll be back on the other side. News Talk 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.